there's some people that will play an instrument and they'll grow up and they'll study and they'll play. And after years of study, they become really, really good. And then there's other people that can just grab an instrument and play. And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world-famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How are you guys doing today out there? I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to episode 78 of the Chris and Christine Show. Do-do-do-do. Wow, 78? It's almost as much as I am old. As many well, episodes you've had. Yes, absolutely. Although I think you would need to add 15 for it to be your age. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so how are you doing today, baby? It is Saturday. Yeah, I'm fine. I mean, I'm just like hanging in here. All three rascals are here and you've been in a mood all day. So I have not. Yes, no, you I have. have. No. Yes, you have. Okay, what are you talking about? I'm please not please explain. Into it. I'm not getting into it. You've been in a mood. I, it's the only mood I've been in. It's been in the weekend. Yes, the weekend is finally here. <laughs> no. I am living for the weekend. No, you've been feisty ever since you woke up. That's the about? thing with you, honey, is you're like, I'm not in a mood. And I'm like, do you remember what happened three seconds ago, 10 seconds ago, 15 seconds ago? And here I am like wounded on the ground. Like wounded? My, yes. Overdramatic. Like, <laughs> no, like wounded, like writhing in pain, emotional duress. And you're like, what? Can't you be a team player? <sighs> well, babe, it is Saturday. So how has your week been so far this week? Any exciting news happen for you? Um. Well, let me think of what happened this week. I wasn't prepared to to answer this first gosh you're just throwing me a curveball uh well we had a really fun interview that we recorded from somebody that we're not going to mention because that's coming up in the next week or two uh but it was a first for us in terms of this interview and that was really exciting the distance was amazing yeah you're not supposed to say that oh i'm, I'm sorry I'm well sorry. maybe it'll be a hot tease so it was our first guest from across the pond not just canada but far far away like like how many miles? Like almost six thousand miles actually, away. Yeah, I had to look it up. It was about six thousand miles away <gasps> from here. Yes, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, but, uh, we pulled it off, and it was spectacular. It was. And then the other thing that happened this week that was exciting is I set the date for my dissertation final defense, which is so exciting. The end is near. March thirtieth is the special day. And I was really hoping to be able to defend by my birthday, which is March 20th. But instead, what I'm going to, you know, part of me felt kind of like a failure because... No, you're not a failure, well, babe. Let, let, me, let me explain. When I entered into this program three years ago, I had set that date of March 20th in my mind as being the date that I would defend my dissertation by because I wanted to be a doctor by the time I turned 40. And I turned 40 on March 20th. And, you know, that kind of went out the window when I realized I still had to take one more course this semester like everybody else to finish out my program. So I'm not officially going to graduate until May and be a doctor by May. But then I was uh, May, like... May of 20, 2021, this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This May, just, you know, like two months away-ish. Um, yeah, like two and a half months or two months and a week away. But then I was like, well, at least I want to defend my dissertation. And I was totally on track until hashtag COVID derailed me. You know, COVID really derailed a lot of people with school and with their jobs. But mine too. was not just the COVID that people think of like the COVID shutdown. Mine was the actual illness of COVID slowed me down because I was so sick. 
And so, uh, you know, I'm a, I was a little off track, but you know what? I rebounded. I rallied and I got everything up and running and you all have been on this journey with me. But I'm so excited that my final two chapters are with my chair of my dissertation and I'm hoping, hoping, crossing my fingers, she's, a refer- she's supposed to review them today. I'm hoping that there will just be some minor tweaks and then I can put the whole package together. And my goal is to send out my finalized dissertation the day before my birthday. And then I'll feel kind of like I almost accomplished it because it's like maybe I haven't defended it yet, but it's done. Right? Right. That is a good birthday send-off for you. I know. I was so- but regardless, babe, this this year you will be done with it. Whether it's done before your birthday or after, think of it as just a wonderful year, 2021. 21, and we might actually go out and celebrate. Yes. I, I don't to- know where because I don't know what's open yet or if the things are going to Well, gonna be- we're going to have to celebrate my birthday. Well, of course we are, babe. Yes. So that was one big thing this week. And then the other thing that was big this week is we got the date that we are going to pick up our new puppy. And I made the decision, since you're going to be working, uh, to take the littles with me on a trip with me and all the boys, the littles, to Seattle, Washington. So if you're in Seattle, be on the lookout for Christine and the three boys. (laughs) They're going to be going straight to the pet store. Yeah, well, no, it's not a pet store. And Starbucks. Oh, my gosh. It's not a pet store. It's a breeder. What? They, they're they raised in a home with no a family. Way. Yes. Well, check that out. It's like a big deal. They bring them to us. And then we'll, April 9th is the big day, but we're going to fly up a few days early. I'm going to use some personal time. Um, Wait a second. You mean you got to fly up there? They don't have the stork doesn't fly the baby down to you like, no. it, like it normally does? No. We could pay to have them come and fly it down, but it's an extra fee plus the cost of flights. Of and, course. I, and for the same cost, I mean, we have all these points that we could have just purchased the ticket um, for, you know, for ourselves. Well, all, me and all the four boys are flying for a total of $44 combined. Okay, that's not bad at all. For all $44? You, for all you guys to fly to Seattle, is round trip, right? Round trip. Yeah. Wow, what because a deal. of all of our points, we just paid taxes. And so we're just trying to figure out where to stay. And, and this is the first time the little kids actually have been on an airplane. Yeah. So they're so excited. And I, that's a big deal for me because I love to travel and COVID has really shut that down. But we feel more comfortable with me traveling because I'm actually the most vo- most vulnerable out of all of us. Because the other big thing that happened this week is that in this in San Diego County, they opened up the vaccine distribution to educators. And I got my email yesterday notifying me that I'm on the list. And today at 430, I go to get my first dose of the Pfizer vaccine. As soon as we're done here recording this episode, Christine takes off and she goes down to the, where are you getting it at? The hospital? Grossmont Center. No, that's like a super vaccine station at the mall, I guess. Okay. Okay. Right on. Yeah. So I'm going to go get that. And then uh, like three weeks later, I'll get my second dose or like 25, 26 days later, I'll get my second dose, which means I will be fully vaccinated um, and have 10 days after for the vaccine to take effect before we travel. Fantastic. I know. I want, I'm when, so you get, when you get vaccinated, I want you to walk in the door and be like, give you a Superman pose, like, dun, 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 look at me, and <sighs> flex your muscles, like, check this out. No, I'm just mentally preparing myself that there might be a few side effects because, no. well, because I do have autoimmune disease, my body can react badly to things like this. So I'm just mentally preparing that it might be a little bit rough. But, you know, this is big exciting news for our household and when i told jacob this morning you were upstairs showering and um gosh it almost made me cry because 
he I told him, hey, Jacob, guess what? I get the first dose of the vaccine. And he was like, you do? And he said, is it going to is it going to protect you? And I said, well, you know, I could still get COVID. It just hopefully won't be as bad. And and he said, so it's like not going to keep you from breathing because that was really scary. And he like walked through the day that I was hospitalized from COVID from his perspective and just reminded me how how this has affected so many people. And there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So thank you, science. Thank you so much. And go get your shots if you can. If you have your access to get shots wherever you are at, please get them so you can be vaccinated so you're all in the clear. Right. And so that it doesn't just protect you, but it helps to keep in mind the well-being of others. So that's what's been happening with me this week. But Chris, what's been happening in your week? Any big news? Oh, we got some big, giant, hairy rodent news. <laughs> rodent news. <laughs> so check this out, everybody. We have a garage in our house. What? We have a garage? Well, not in our house, but attached to the house. There's what? A, a garage. I didn't know that. And I park my Z Sports car in there. You know, it's where she sleeps. That's like her bedroom, uh-huh. you know, in the garage. Yes. And he sometimes goes and kisses her goodnight. I do. I go in there and <laughs> stare at her. I'm like, how you doing, baby? Check yeah, you, you really do. One night I was like, where are you? And then I walked down. You're like, I was just tucking her in for the night. Like, I was. You're obsessive. <laughs> it's so bad. I know. That's crazy to think about. So anyways... We have some water bottles that we store on like this shelf in the garage, using for a coffee, for whatever, and things like that. And I noticed a few of them had holes in them. And I'm like, that's where they're like leaking everywhere. But it's it was weird. like day after day, there would be like a couple more I, with yeah, holes in I them. Yeah, I go to pull a water bottle out and I'm like, why are there like holes in this thing? I, I don't get it. It's leaking everywhere. And what did I say? You said we probably have a rat or yeah. a mouse or something I said like we that. probably have a mouse because I'd seen some... Uh, let's just say clues around the edges of the garage that there may or may not have been a rodent hiding somewhere in there. Oh gosh. So, so what I did was I went on Amazon and of I, course lo- you did. I looked up uh, rat traps, mouse traps, things like that. So I found whatever Amazon, because th- Amazon does that like Amazon's choice. They give you the one that I always go with whatever Amazon chooses is like, because it usually has a pretty high reviews, usually. So I picked up their Amazon's Choice, which was a six-pack of these giant rat traps. Okay, wait, 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 wait. So you choose the Amazon's Choice. What if it's actually not Amazon's Choice because it's highest rated, but Amazon's Choice because they get the biggest profit margins off of it? You know what? I don't care. As long as it, <laughs> as long as it serves my purpose, I could care less. All right. So you got a 25-pack of no, rat traps. I got a six-pack of these rat traps. And the way they work, they look like a regular mouse trap, except they don't have that wire that slams down, and it's not a wood platform. The whole thing is plastic. So then it doesn't look anything like a regular one. <laughs> but it works. The concept is still the same. It's like a big mouth jaw, and it's got these little teeth on it, too. And you open it from the back like you would a chip clip bag for, like, a bag of potato chips. You clip seal. You pull the back. You pinch it back. It's pretty strong. And then it opens it up and it locks it. And in the center, there's, like, this little tongue place. For you to put cheese, right? Cheese or peanut butter. I use peanut butter. What? Yeah, I know. So I had to go in the cupboard and find... What? My seat? Peanut butter? I thought that they just eat cheese. Okay, that's in the cartoons. They eat the cheese. But... (laughs) They really say peanut butter is the way to go. Okay. So I had to go in the cupboard and find a jar of peanut butter, and we don't buy peanut butter that often. So I found a jar of peanut butter. It expired like last year. And I'm thinking, well, the mice mind if it's expired peanut butter. Wait, we had old expired peanut butter in our cupboard. Yes, That's we did. Gross. I know. I hope I, you threw it out. Uh, no, it's still down there. But I'll throw oh. it out. I'll throw it out later. <laughs> Rat food. <laughs> it is. So I put that. On. I set two two of the traps. I had a six pack of traps. 
So two of them I put in the garage with peanut butter. Mason helped me set the traps. I put one on one corner of the garage by the front door and one on the corner by the back door of the garage where I think the, the right mice or rats were would be at. So I set them. Were they like out in the open or were they hidden? No, they were kind of like just 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 next to the wall. They were open a little bit. They were like in a corner. They were kind of open a little bit. You oh, know? okay. So you could see them pretty easily. And then what I did the next morning, I set them and then I went to go check that same night. Okay, nothing happened. So then the next morning, I wake up. I had the kids down here, and no, I wake. They were still upstairs. Yeah, but I wake, I wake up, or like a kid on Christmas. I get all excited. I run downstairs to see what Santa brought me. <laughs> so I go on downstairs, go into the garage. I check the first trap, and I see, oh, nothing. It's still, at, it's still open. Okay. Then I walk around the corner, around my car, and what do I see? Is the biggest rat I've ever seen caught by the trap. The trap was flipped up upside down, like two feet away from where I said oh it. Oh my gosh, you're too much. The biggest rat. It was a mouse. It was not a mouse. It was a mouse. It was a rat. <laughs> it was, I thought it was a dog. It, it was, was so big. White and gray. It, it was, was a mouse. It was a massive rat. I'm okay, t- I, it did have a very long tail. It was a rat. But don't mice have long tails? I don't think so. Not like that. No. I were- don't know. You know, I think of rats. I think of like the like the gray, ugly ones that you see from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies or from like New York subways. When I think of rats, that's what I think of as a rat. Well, let me tell you. But it, it was white. No, it was not like white. a little field mouse. No, it was not. <laughs> you didn't even look at it. I, I did too, and, and I, I wouldn't I, go I, near so it. So I run upstairs. <laughs> I run upstairs. I tell the kids, "Hey guys, guess what we caught? Guess what we caught?" And Mason was so excited. Oh, actually, step back. Before you came upstairs, the first thing that I hear because I was still laying in bed for another minute was, "Oh my gosh, it's as big as a dog." <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was so big. So then I run upstairs and then I grab Christine. I hold hold Christine's hand because she thought the thing was gonna bite I, her. I really thought it was gonna bite me. So I show her. I walk around the car and I show her the thing and, and she's like, "Okay, whatever." But no, I, I wasn't like, "Okay, whatever." I was like, "I don't want to touch it. I don't want to go near that thing." Like. What if it mysteriously like is like a snake where its head detaches and then it's just, like able to still like move around while ugh, ugh, it was so gross. So then I grab the kids. I say, come on, kids, let's check this thing out. So they come down there and they're checking the thing. Ooh, cool. Look at that thing. We got that thing. And it was really big. It was decent size, but it was not the size I would of a say, dog. I would say, honest, honestly, it was probably the body was probably six to seven inches long. And the no. tail was another six. So it was probably a no, foot long. It, it was, was a foot. Not. Yeah, it was. It was like four inch body. No, it was like five, good eight and a half, maybe. <laughs> but it I was think so this fat. Is exactly what happens when men go fishing and they catch a fish. <laughs> it's like a minnow. And by the time they get back to shore, they're like, it was 17 feet long and I almost lost my life. <laughs> the boat capsized. <laughs> but it was Moby Dick. It was Moby Dick. <laughs> But it was really big. And so I left it there half the day to show the other rat rats in the area. Say, hey, this is what you guys get. He's like, look, who's who, who's the boss now? I think I said that. I pointed around. Hey, you guys, see this? This is, You guys get this when you guys come out. <laughs> so what I did was I eventually took the, took the poor rat and I dumped him in the trash can. Wait, did you touch it? No. The cool thing about these traps is that you open the back end of it away from the killing section. So you're not next to the killing section of the of the trap. Your, your but hand, you didn't just throw the mouse away inside of the trap? You kept, kept the trap? That's gross. Yeah, you washed it off. It's good. No. It's did, all good. Did you wash it off with your hands? No, I used water. Oh my gosh. I think you got rabies. Well, I washed my hands too. I'm not stupid. Yeah, but still rabies. Okay. I did not touch the part the rat touched. Okay. That, that makes sense? No, it's, it could live on surfaces. Maybe maybe the rat spit on it. 
I think you have rabies now. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll have to get my, I get my COVID shot. I'll say, hey, can you get me a rabies shot too while you're at it? <laughs> just right over there. Just get that ball right there. That one, that'll, that'll do. <laughs> Pretty soon they're going to be like Cujo and you're going to be like drooling. <laughs> okay. Enough of that. So I killed the rat and the second trap, I let it sit there open the whole rest of the week and it did not trip. So I think we just had that one rat in the house or the garage. It wasn't in the house. Don't say it was in the house. Oh. I won't live here. <laughs> so I <laughs> hope that was a nasty, nasty looking critter. It was. And I'm so thankful that it was only the size of like a soda can. No, it was bigger than that. It was like it was, it was the size of like a, a good, I don't know, sack of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a potato. I don't know. <laughs> you're too much well thank you for taking care of that because it was really wreaking havoc in the garage i was seeing little shreds of things i would bring bags inside especially after we had everything outside when we were getting the floors repaired i'd seen some some little clues that we had potentially a rodent out there i was so nervous when the movers were going to bring everything back into the house that maybe it would come into the house i didn't think about that i didn't want to say it to you because you would have freaked out and you would have been like we can't put anything in the garage we're cancel it cancel the floors cancel everything (laughs) and so i like kept that to myself because i know what to tell you and what not to to freak you out but i was so grateful that it was still out there and i was really thankful that it only took that one day for you to catch it because that was surprising too cuz i the very same first day i put the trap out it's the very first day i caught him yeah and you put it right by the water bottles which i think is smart because you really like you came back in four or five days in a row and you're like why did another water bottle has these little pinholes in it and after i'd seen those things i was like it's getting water that little chunky thing found some food cuz we had a a container of food in a bag that we forgot was out there from when my brother-in-law was down here and he got COVID while he was staying at the, like he was uh, supervising um, corrections kinds of stuff down here. And we had to clear out his hotel room and we had a bag of food and Chris had thought he threw it away, but he didn't. And there was like all kinds of stuff. And we were like, that baby was fat. That little mouse, that little field mouse was very chubby when you got him. He was a rat. Had rat teeth and everything. My All right. goodness. It evil All right. eyes. It had like red glowing eyes, like a demon. Uh, you actually looked at it in, at its eyes that were inside of the rat trap? Oh, yeah. I kissed him and everything. No, uh, I didn't. No. That's no. so disgusting. I threw him away. All right. Would it make you feel better if I validate that it was a rat? Yes. Okay. And how big are we going to agree that it was? Like uh, a foot. Uh, I won't go that far. How about 10 inches total? Sounds good to me. All right. So we're in agreement even though this is exaggerating the facts slightly, it's not going to hurt anybody that it was a 10-inch you know, rat. I should have taken a pic. I didn't think about this, taking a picture of it. Yep. See, that's what every guy says right <laughs> after he throws the fish back. You know, it was so big. It just broke my line. I just, you know, I couldn't take that out of the wild. I had to throw it back and I forgot to snap a picture. I know. So, oh, well. I, so I'm the only one that can validate it. So I will go along with a 10-inch rat. Thank you so much. From nose to tail. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. So that has been a very exciting week around here, Chris. Anything else that happened to you this week that you wanted to share? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that pretty much was the biggest event of the of the week or, yeah, the, or the year, really. That was, <laughs> that was pretty exciting around the house. Well, speaking of exciting, we have an exciting guest coming up right after this who is a musician with some very unique musical talents, and he will be right on the show after this. Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. 
To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories, and guess what? You might just end up on the show. Today's episode is presented by Clark's. Clark's story began almost 200 years ago when Cyrus and James Clark made a slipper from sheepskin. Well, check that out. At the time, it was groundbreaking, a combination of innovation and craftsmanship that's remained at the heart of what Clark's does. From the very beginning, Clark's has always thought differently. Brilliant ideas are always what set Clark's apart. We are teaming up with Clark's and Podgo to bring you up to 30% off of selected items, including the iconic Clark's Desert Boot by going to podgo.co slash Clark's. That's podgo.co slash Clark's. And welcome back, everybody. Today, we have another VIP guest on the show. He is a musician, an author, and a good buddy of our good buddy, Derek Duvall. Welcome to the show, Chad Malone. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, Chad. How you doing today, buddy? Uh, pretty good, man. Just chilling on a Saturday. Aren't we all? The weekend. I'm living for the weekend. That's what I do. I know. Hell yeah. Yeah. I work Monday through Friday, and so the weekend is kind of when you get your downtime at the pub and also time to kind of focus on your own things. You know what I mean? So Yeah. We don't have very many pubs around here, although... We do, but they're all closed. Yeah, they are. Well, but yeah. you and I, Chris, we did have our first date at a pub. So we did. We do have that in common. Yeah, that's fantastic. Irish pub of all places. Yes, as it, is. As it should be. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chad, where in the world are you joining us from today? Tulsa, Oklahoma, Cherry Street. Oh, very nice. Wait, is Cherry Cherry is the name of the uh, t- uh, area town? Or is that no, street? Yeah, it's it's just a, it's if you're familiar with Tulsa at all, Cherry Street. I hate to use the word hip, <laughs> but oh. uh, it's it, there's certain parts of town in Tulsa that you would want to go to if you were visiting, and Cherry Street is one of them. It's just where there's a lot of uh, there's like Irish pubs, English pubs, and a great place to eat, and it just basically. If you were wanting to park somewhere and walk around to a bunch of cool shops on a Saturday night, Cherry Street's not a bad place to be. Yeah, we have some areas like that in San Diego. Some people think that it's the gas lamp district, but that's like the really like touristy area. But in there's an area called Hillcrest and North Park, which are more like what you're talking about, where it's okay. like the really cool kind of retro shops and like the open door pubs. And uh, right. yeah, it's really fun. So uh, we're gonna. We've been talking about going and visit, visiting one of our good buddies over in Tulsa. We're gonna have to check that Cherry Street out, huh, Chris? That's yeah. right. We'll take you down to uh, my local and uh, you know get a couple pints in you and see what happens. It's good uh-huh. fun. Oh, all right. Am I gonna be like dancing a jig or something? A jig. At the Irish pub? I don't know. What's it, what's it called when you're? I used to love the Irish. You like, are you dance. are correct. You are oh, correct. An see? Irish jig. Yes. Um, see, Chris, you judge. I'll, yeah, we're more likely just to be uh, slurring songs more like than <laughs> than trying to break a hip by dancing. I think so. I love um, that. Yeah, and I have not. I I haven't been to San Diego in, gosh, probably twenty some odd years, and I don't really remember where it was because we were just on tour at the time. I remember enjoying it, but you know, like being on tour, I was. Uh, you see the one place you're playing, and that's it. So I remember liking your town, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. 
Well, I've been through Tulsa. Um, right. Do you guys have like a big McDonald's there that's like over some freeway or something? Is that uh, well, Tulsa? that is that is in Venita, which is about 45 minutes outside of town. All right. I've at, driven at under point, that. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's on a toll road uh, going east, northeast. And it is uh, at one point, it was considered the world's largest. Oh. Really? Like like for like square footage or is it square size? Square footage. Of- I mean, the, the restaurant itself, it's just basically a, a uh, truck stop. It's just because, uh, because it was going over an overpass, it was considered... A big deal, and really. But if you just go in there, it's just the same size as anything else. You know what I mean? So, it's and I don't really care because it's not really my thing. <laughs> yeah, mine but, either. Uh, I hear you. <laughs> but yes, I've been past it many a time because that's the road trip. If you're going towards Missouri, like when we would play Joplin or Springfield or anywhere northeast, you'd go through that area. Yeah, I was driving to Springfield to go to school, but yeah, gotcha. I think Chris has a couple questions so, for you. So, Chad, let's go. Let's, yes, go, let's go to your music here. You've okay. been playing music for a very long time. At what point, when you're younger, did you say, "Hey, I want to get into music"? Uh, well, I'm. That's a hard call. I I knew music spoke to me in a way that nothing else had. It's kind of strange. I uh, when I was really young, we'll just say, like most people, things were not very pleasant. Oh, okay. And uh, music was the one thing I could rely on that wouldn't humiliate me or manipulate me or like mess with me in in any way. It was a, it was one true, honest, good thing that I felt like was around. It called to me in a way that I guess nothing had. And, and as I got remotely older, you know, when I get around 10, 11 years old, early 80s, like 1980, 1981, MTV came around. And, you know, I'm just a kid in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, which is a suburb of Tulsa, mind you. And uh, I'm just a dumb kid. You know, I don't know anything. And I see Iron Maiden <laughs> with the song <laughs> Iron Maiden at the record Iron Maiden on MTV. And I'm just this kid and i see this angry music eddie comes out it's hostile it's brutal and it spoke to me in a way that nothing had and i think that put me on a path of one i I never thought i would do anything with music per se but i knew i needed to be involved in it somehow you know, I never thought I was going to be like, you know, rock star. I mean, of course you wouldn't mind making millions of dollars. Playing records, <laughs> yeah. But I'm not stupid, nor I, you know, I'm not naive. I just knew I needed to play. Well, so without getting into um, past pain too sure, much, sure. Oh, I just... No it's okay. It's okay. Well, I was just wondering. So you <laughs> said that, that that angry music spoke to you. Were mm-hmm. you an angry kid or were you Very one of those so. kiddos that kind of stuffed it? No, I was... I was uh, well, we'll just say emotionally trying. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't really deal with people well. I didn't have friends well. I, I was the temper tantrum child, if you oh, will. Oh, got it. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I believe that I've put all that past. You know, when you find yourself and you find a way of exercising your own personal demons, mine was through music and I guess partially through alcohol, to be honest. I was able to function better, you know, and that that's a yeah. hard reality to come towards. But yeah, def- music was was my therapy, if you will. Yeah, it sounds like it because, you know, from what you were saying, like this angry music, sure. it almost seems like, well, f- okay, first of all, for me, like heavy metal and that kind of hard right. music, I'm a very empathic person. And so like, I'm very like sensing and feeling and you can ask Chris, like, 
I'm a very sensitive creature. Like, <laughs> I, well, believe it or not, I feel my I'm the same way, and that's why I love it. Oh, really? Tell us more. It's the <sighs> the pent up anger and frustration, and, and uh, with everything that you hold in, you know, and you feel the people around you, and you feel the the hostility of the world around you, if you will. And and I couldn't lash out at them, you know, but it was the emotion behind it, which is why I loved it. The being able to express what were the darker emotions um, that I had and that I felt around me was why I loved that music to begin with. So, Chad, what instrument was your first go-to when you first started playing? Oh, I sang because I oh. sucked at everything else. <laughs> oh, really? So that was um, it, just singing, huh? Well, no, I guess music, I mean, music is two things for me. Uh, I, When I was young, I took band and I learned a lot of horn instruments. I was playing the trumpet, the mellophone, the French horn, the tuba, the baritone, and the mellophone. Wait, what is a mellophone? I've never I can play it's a telephone. Like a, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like a it's like a it's like a big trumpet. Um, oh, they're they're okay. all basically they're all basically the the three fingered instruments. Right. They're all they're all based around the same structure. Um, and uh, as far as I didn't really get into trying to do any other instruments until later when my brother got a guitar and he never bothered to mess with it. So I started playing on it just to spite him. And so I was fascinated with that, and I started picking on it. I never really got very good, but I I'm, can play enough notes. But what really got me was uh, writing and lyrics. And, uh, I mean, I would just get obsessed with what the bands I – the bands I loved were more than just bands. Like, the things that they wrote were some sort of communication, not necessarily to me, but just to a world that I was – I felt a part of. And so what I would do in school – was I would go through the records I love, like you take the Iron Maiden lyrics, and I would write from memory, like every song in order, lyrically, like record by record, and start over from the beginning if I got anything wrong. And it, it was a weird obsession with me. And then I tried to start writing my own stuff after that and whatnot. So, Well, so you were doing that in school when you were yeah. younger? So yeah, yeah, yeah. it sounds like that would really line up well with like, poetry because when i look at yeah. music lyrics they seem to be a lot like poetry or kind the of segmented ones, yeah. stories yeah so did you find that you were strong in the area of like poetry and stuff going through school i felt like i started to i took a poetry class in school and it was i mean i have my own style and whatnot but there's some people that will play an instrument and they'll grow up and they'll study and they'll play and after years of study, they become really, really good. And then there's other people that can just grab an instrument and play. It's, I, you know, they're naturals in one right. way or another. Yeah, it's that difference between being like born with the talent versus acquiring it as expertise, right. right? And the way my mind thinks is poetry and writing and rhyme and meter and whatnot was always something that I could just do. And that just made sense to me. Whether or not I do it well is for you know critics to to discuss, but uh, but it was something I was I was always comfortable with, and I've even gotten criticized for in some of the metal bands I've been in. <laughs> so you started playing some of that metal music. Yeah. 
Well, okay. I the first band I was in was just a cover band in school, and and I still laugh at the history of it because I got it's the only band I've ever been kicked out of because I couldn't sing, and <laughs> <laughs> and you know a fifteen year old boy trying to sing Van Halen is probably not the wisest thing. Um, well, it's always fun. It's always fun to try that. <laughs> Catastrophic is the word you're looking for. Um, well. And uh, and plus, I was getting into more aggressive music anyway, and. I started getting into writing my own stuff and uh, quit doing covers. And, and the more I focused on that, the more I, beca- I, I came of the mindset that why would I waste my time learning your music when I can do my own? Oh, yeah. Right. Now, I, I have possibly the dumbest question ever, no. ever been asked. Come on. All right. Well, <laughs> don't, you guys don't laugh at me too much. So I have heard of the term death metal and heavy right. metal. Right. I don't really know what constitutes metal metal music, if that's even a term, and then what okay. the degrees are. Like, I don't know. Is there like, like, if, is death metal like the hardest, and then there's like mm. a light metal, like a tin or aluminum? <laughs> <laughs> okay, if, if you're, you're 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 actually, it's a very legitimate question, especially for someone that doesn't listen to it. Right um, now, I guess the best way for me to explain it. As far as these two, if you if you're talking to a metal nerd and you're kind of talking to a metal nerd, there are so many subgenres of metal; it's ridiculous. Really, um, it's oh, not just all got, like heavy, um, slightly black, heavy. You got black metal, thrash metal, death metal, grindcore, uh, crossover, like glam metal. Red classic heavy metal, like the new wave of British heavy metal, which goes back to the early '80s and the late '70s, and uh, I mean. But basically, if you're if if I was talking to someone that didn't listen to the music and I wanted to give a definition of like if you're asking me and we're just having a beer and you're going, well, what's death metal and what's heavy metal? Well, I would say heavy in the simplest of terms, heavy metal has much more melody. Heavy metal would be something like you've heard stuff like Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, or even like Motley Crue's early stuff. You know, that's really shoving in more than one genre together. But essentially, there's melody and there's songs. There's like discernible uh, songs going in there. And singers generally sing. They'll sing proper melodies and whatnot. And then if you heard death metal, it's a lot more thunderous, a lot less melody. Like you'll hear it's usually a lot faster and a lot more brutal sounding with more guttural vocals. Have you, have you heard that vocal style that's just real, yeah. you know, <clears throat> yeah. that is going to constitute much more of a death metal band. And it's also about what they're going to write about. Classic metal, like if you take classic metal like Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, you know, you've got some bands that do like Dungeons and Dragons kind of lyrics. And then some, oh, okay. bands, some bands that just do like just rock and roll kind of lyrics, you know, Iron Maiden does kind of, Lyric, they they take old uh, history and poetry and write songs from stories like Edgar Allan Poe and whatnot. Oh, got it. Yeah. And and then your Motley Crue's and your your like L.A. kind of bands or all the hair bands, right? Uh, oh yeah, that's my day. <laughs> but <laughs> right, you right, mentioned right. you mentioned one glam metal. So I right. was thinking that I I think I know of who might be in that genre, and I'm I was sure actually you probably just, would. Yes, I was just listening to this song on the way home. Um, Britney Spears, Toxic. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Well, she's like glam, and there's metal. Like you can hear, like well, I have, I have heard, I have heard, I have not heard that. I have heard that she actually was working with some, 
like metal dudes on yes. that particular record. So okay, I'm if not you do going listen to... to the if you do listen to the song Toxic, you'll understand why I'm saying that because it's atypical from her regular style, okay. and there's like okay. these metal sounds. It's not like like you don't hear the really heavy drums. Like my my cousin um, has been a heavy metal drummer, uh, band drummer since as. I mean, from when I was really little and he still does. And he's really, really talented um, and like tours and stuff like that. But I was thinking when you say metal, it makes me think of like the maybe I'm wrong, but like the stringed instruments that are used, like the electric guitars and stuff like the metal, like the I don't know, like well, they're much more distorted. Right. um, is usually the case. But that's not always the case. Like I said, like some of the classic metal. Um, there is a lot of melody in there. Basically, when you listen back to this podcast or when we're all done, listen to two things. Listen to like Iron Maiden, maybe like Flight of Icarus, and then listen to the band Death Pull the Plug. And you Ooh. will be able to tell the difference between death metal and classic metal. Okay. Awesome. So, so Chad, you were in – your current band is Larkin, right? Uh, I have two current – well – Four current bands, but Four? two that are wow. actually, but two that are actually doing anything. Larkin and the Shame are my two that are actually active. Uh, I also was doing a metal band called Senior Fellows, but we've been on hiatus for a while, and I don't know if that's ever going to come out of hiatus. And I've been doing for twenty some odd years a band called The Kids Who Never Learned How to Color Inside of the Lines, which is just kind of fun cross dressing punk rock. Um, nice. and, and we, we, we only play once every couple years, but we've not never broken up and we just kind of do it when we feel like it, if that makes sense. But the, uh, the shame and Larkin both have current records out and actually Larkin has rehearsal tonight because we've been asked to do some St. Patrick stuff that's outside. So we feel safer with the whole COVID nonsense. So we're going to rehearse tonight to get our set. Cause we play like three and a half, four hour sets when Larkin plays. So. Wow. Speaking of sets, I I don't know what it's like out there, but out here with the whole COVID restrictions, no bands are allowed to play at all anywhere. Well, how, how are you guys, a little backwards. <laughs> oh, really? You guys have actual like you you can play in front of a crowd? Yes. No way. Yeah, all right. And it's not, that that it's just not, sealed the deal, Chris. Uh, did you just? I thought I just saw you like clicking on your phone. Did you just buy a plane ticket? I just did. I just did. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, well, yeah, it's not wise, and I have not gone to any shows. But the ones we've been asked to play, Arnie's, which is the big St. Patrick's Arnie's Bar, is a small little bar downtown. But every year they do a big block party for St. Patrick's, and and for the last twenty years we've headlined it. Larkin wow. has or. Although last year was the first year we didn't play because last year was when everything shut down right around St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, it did. I remember that. Yeah, we have yeah, a Hooli Fest out here, and Hooli Fest shut down too. It's a big Irish festival that right, I've been right. to many, many times. And uh, yeah. And that was BK, right? What do you mean, BK? Before Christine. Yes, right. Before Christine. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now, Fair so enough. when you go and you play these festivals, are mm-hmm. you playing, and again, this might sound dumb, but is it like Irish kite? type of music which i'm not sure what that is other than well, like what i've heard for river dance or is it metal no music? no not the same not the same this would be more folky basically we play irish fo- well i write about 70 percent of what we do but i try to stick to the style of uh like the dubliners or the wolf tones or some old irish music except we use we use electric bass and, and a full drum kit to give it more drive so nice. it's not far. It's not far removed from uh, if you know who Shane McGowan is and the Pogues. 
It's not far removed from that. Oh, okay, yeah, um, I've heard that. And uh, but I write. We don't do that. We do some traditional songs. And Karen writes our fiddle player. She writes a few instrumentals, but most most everything we do is stuff I've written. But like I said, I really try to stick to traditional sounding melodies and tradi- traditional styles for Larkin. Uh, and, but it sounds uh, like you have a lot of knowledge of Irish music. I, I don't think we asked. Do you like? Are you connected to Ireland in any way, or do you like? I don't want to well, say fake it. That's going to sound abrasive. But like, how do you no, actually sound Irish when you're singing the folk music? Well, I mean, I've obsessed with it for years and years and years. So, I mean, I, I it, you kind of get in the groove when you're playing it. I, I mean, I've I go to Ireland every other year. As far as family stuff, like the first time I went, I went I went backpacking across the country back in 1998, and uh, and then I was on tour with a hardcore band, and we played there in Belfast and in Dublin. The next, and then every year I I go back. Well, every other year I go back. But uh, as far as my own family, I I mean. Our family, if you trace back the family name, is originally from there. But dude, I'm from Ohio. My dad's from Ohio. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, where my mom is, my mom on the other hand is an immigrant right off the boat. She's from Germany though, right after World War II, and that's a bit complex. For the best way for me to explain it would be there's certain there's certain music that you like, and then there's certain music that just calls to you. And and I, it's not like I was even looking for it. And and I remember somebody played. I don't even remember who it was, uh, some Irish music while I was around, and I just had to stop. You know what I mean? And it just spoke to me in a way. And I was I was completely straight edge at the time, too. It wasn't about, like, the drinking culture or anything like that. It was something about the melodies and the feel and the stories. And it always – it just spoke to me in a way that became – I guess a lifelong obsession in its own way. And, uh, and then not long later, like I said, I started going and traveling there and, uh, and ever, every time I go is I'm hoping is the time I'll stay, but unfortunately it hasn't worked out that way. You know, speaking of the Irish music, every time I go to every festival, it's, it's like an Irish festival. They always right. play that one, one song and that one song they always play is that whiskey in the jar song. Do oh, you yeah, guys yeah. cover, do you guys cover it? We do a version that the Dubliners do. Okay. Uh, uh, um, you know, a lot of people that don't know Irish music, yes, they've heard Metallica do it. Yes. And Meta- Metallica is covering Thin Lizzy's version. Thin Lizzy was a rock, uh, if you don't know, Thin Lizzy was a rock and roll band from the, you, you've heard a song or two of theirs, trust me, from classic rock radio, you've heard it. But um, they were from Ireland, and it, people that surprises people because their, their singer was black, guitar player. It's just surprising for a lot of people there. And I've been to is uh, Phil Linnett, and he's brilliant. And uh, I've been to his statue in Dublin City, actually. And uh, they're from Ireland, and they did a cover of the traditional song, Whiskey in the Jar, and made it Whiskey in the Jar-O, which is what Metallica covered. Right. So it's a cover of a cover of a cover, almost. And, wow. uh But we take – we're old traditional fans of bands like the Dubliners and the Clancy Brothers and all that. And, uh, and so we do the version that we learned, you know, so if you hear us doing it, it's much, it's, it's taking it further back, you know, and, and we, we recorded it once and we do it live because I mean, hell, we're playing three and a half hours. We, we're going to play some traditional songs, especially you get close to the end of the night. You right. know, everyone's, everyone's a bit three sheets to the wind. We're going to play songs, you know, we're going to play whiskey in the jar. We're going to play wild Rover. We're going to do dirty old town. You know, we're going to do one. I love that one. Yeah. Th- that everybody gets drunk and sing along. Well, that's not necessarily a traditional song that was written by you and McCall. 
who is Christy McCall's father. And Christy McCall sang with uh, Shane McGowan on one of the Pogues records. She unfortunately died a few years ago in a boating accident. Oh, but uh, man. I, I could go anyway. I could go off on all this for a long time. That's okay. But, uh, so, well, Chad, I had a question for you yes. uh, related to music because you had talked about how music spoke to you and you kind yep. of stopped. And I'm going to birdwalk. I promise I'm coming right back to this. But I'm not bothered. Go ahead. Uh, so in fourth grade, and okay. my Chris does. This is his first time hearing this. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, Brilliant. in fourth grade, I had to do a science project for the science fair, and okay. I remember choosing a science project, and it was the effect of music on your heartbeat and so i was like testing out the hypothesis of like does different rhythms of music impact the heart rate and so i had to like bring in all the students from my class and play like a couple of different types of music and uh, test their pulse and one of the things that i noticed is that when they listened to faster paced music or something Mm -hmm. that had a um, stronger drum line to it, like a, a quicker drum line to it, that sure. it did have an impact on their heart rate. So sure. here's my question for you. I know kind of <laughs> bird walk, bird walk. When gotcha. you listen to metal music, is it soothing and calming for you or does it give you like a dopamine rush where you have a bunch of energy? It's kind of both, I think. Interesting. Um, th- there's, there's, there's definitely a comfort level to it that you feel at home almost, you know, but yeah, I mean, the energy is part of it, but there's a comforting aspect to it. That's an interesting concept that you're talking about, though. I, I would be curious if the music, the beat related straight to the heartbeat or it had to do with uh, triggering the emotions that, and anxiety. Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask is like, yeah. if it was, because for you, you were talking about like connecting with the metal music right. and it being soothing. And I've seen like on TV shows where they have like the the wild teenager who has to pump up their heavy metal music to be able to fall asleep because yeah. either they need like the background that. noise that they're used to with like chaos of being outside. And I could see how if you've been raised around, um, you know, loud voices or like a louder environment, how it could be soothing for you as like you grow up. But I was just wondering. It I, could be like its own cocoon. You yeah, know, it's, basically. I see music as the emotion and the lyrics are the story behind it is the best way I can explain it. And so, yeah, definitely with like more intense music, sure, it, it's it's triggering, it, it, it's expressing an emotion, which of course I can feed off of or hope to feed off of, you know, and that's why a, lo- a lot of modern music doesn't move me. At all. A lot of bands just don't move me at all. And so, you know, I don't feel whatever emotion they're trying to give off. Even even stuff like quiet and subtle stuff, like the old uh, folk, like from the seventies. You know, you got your. Uh, I'm a big Harry Chapin fan, very emotional singer. Um, you know, Jim Croce, Gordon Lightfoot, which is all very Love calming. Jim Croce. Uh, yeah, he's brilliant, and and like I say, Gordon Lightfoot in that whole era in the seventies. That's they're still giving off a very definitive emotion, but it's it's different one that you would grab onto. I, I just like the whole dynamic from one to the next. I mean, go from something as calming as that and like Brendan Perry, a little more modern bit to, you know, something like death metal and going all the way to something as brutal and self-loathing as the swans, you know, and you go from one to the next, but that's the beauty of music and that's the emotion behind it. So yeah, you, I can't speak to anybody else, but I get, I, I can't just listen to things. I have to dive into it. It, it I have to let it consume me. 
if I want to be give an honest interpretation of it or get into it or whatever. So. so what do you feel about the music of today? The stuff coming out right now. Can you be more specific? Because like, that's pretty like big. The, like, like people always complain that the music coming out today is crap. It's not... Okay, for example, we're going to use a specific song because I was just talking about this with my hairstylist today. Oh, well, like she knows. What? what? Uh, we were talking about um, the... Uh, do not listen to this. This is your cautionary tale, everybody. Okay. WAP. <laughs> the, the, the song WAP. Who, who sings it? Cardi B. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah, WAP, heard... we're not going to say what it means. I, but, okay. but what do you I, think about that kind of music? I, there's something I like about it in the sense that just if we're talking about this particular song, this particular song I like because it touches on aspects of human sexuality that we'll say uh polite society is scared of <laughs> yeah you know black women taking control of their own sexuality to me is a glorious thing and putting it in terms that make people uncomfortable great now what do i think of the song itself don't care doesn't speak to me at all right but the symbolism behind it and i think that's kind of what right. you were talking about yeah. when you were talking about music is you know, sometimes the way it's delivered, you like for you, you have to get all the way into it. And so right. like that, the lyrics, the meaning behind the lyrics and the music need to equally speak to you for you to get emerged into it. And Correct. I'm of the mentality that's, you know, it's an explicit song. I don't recommend it to children, but the symbolism behind it is that a lot of individuals in the music industry like to objectify woman, women, yeah. and when a woman chooses to objectify herself, then it's frowned upon. Really? She but does I'm that? Not, but I'm not no sure way. that's what she's doing. Well, I mean, not I get what you're saying. But when she actually, I guess that's the wrong term, when she's she taking her takes own control. Back. Yes, yeah. exactly. And that's what it's I meant. It's sort of like, uh, not to go off on a tangent, but it's, uh, to me, it's, it's all the outrage and of people being offended by the OnlyFans things that are going on. What, what does that mean, the OnlyFans? I'm not familiar with that. It, it's not. So basically, a lot of women, I don't know any guys that do this, and I'm not making judgments. There might be men that use it. Uh, or like if you go on someone's Facebook thing and they'll give you a link to an OnlyFans site and it's a private site that you can basically pay like a Patreon. Oh, 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 yes. I know what you're talking about now. Yes. And watch videos of them. We'll say usually it's more risque. Adult if content. If we're going to be polite. Right. Full content. And uh, and you're basically, and, and to me, that's women taking charge of their own being and they're not allowing themselves to be exploited by a third party. Right. Which is... And I am, whether I do not subscribe to any, I've got several friends that have them, and I support it wholeheartedly because they're taking, they're doing what they want to do, and they're not going to let any, if anybody's going to make money off their own sexuality, it's going to be them, and I have no issue with that whatsoever. Chad, did you hear the story recently in the news of a lady from Northern California who was, I think she did not go to a Christian school, but her kids did. And they, and I think one of the kids or the parents found out that she was doing this explicit fans yeah. only site. Yeah. Hear, hear the story? And, and they wanted to kick her kids out of the school. Correct. Yeah. Right. That's, that's such a, oh my gosh, it's such a, an, ironic type of thing or an oxymoron because you can have people secretly engaging in this behavior behind the scenes and you can have mm -hmm. people pumping into the adult entertainment industry 
And I'm not saying this, this is my message. This is not Christine saying ladies go out and do this. But if a woman was to choose to do it versus being trafficked, right? Like there's a, a slight edge on that. And so I think like going back to the song, like look at the conversation that it just provoked, like yeah, no, it's bringing great. up a song like WAP and like what it stands for. And it's a woman taking control of, well, taking her power back versus allowing others to uh, speak about women of her culture in a specific right. way. And it's the same kind of mentality. So when you're talking about really getting into music and it connecting with you, um, you know, so much in our culture is driven by music and musical right. trends. And mm-hmm. when you hear music that comes out in the midst of the civil rights movement, and I think of the sure. song, We Will Overcome, and sure. like what it stands for, music becomes an anthem. And it can of become course. like a person's life anthem. It can be the anthem of a movement, and it can be an anthem of a a time frame or of a year. And if I was to give a name of a song to the year 2020, it would have been like a throwback, the song like You're a Loser Baby, like (laughs) to the year 2020. It's like, I don't want to repeat that. The thing about music, I would say, is music is one of those things that whether you're happy, you're listening to music. Whether you're sad, you listen to music. It it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. Music is always going to be there. Right. Well, there's a there's a quote. Um, I, I do not remember who said it, and I'm probably going to paraphrase, but uh, that was music will not change the world, but it will change the people that do. Oh, there Ooh, you go. that's deep. I like that. And I gotta I think on that, that one for a minute. <laughs> I feel that wholeheartedly. Um, that it you know it can unite all kinds of different people under. And granted, I mean. At its own thing, it's it's just a song, regardless of whatever song we're talking about. You know, I mean, right. it could be WAP, it could be the Internationale. You know, I mean, it could be anything, but but that can bring people together in common purpose to accomplish, who knows, anything. I mean, the world's a big place and there's a lot of problems, so hopefully we can get started on some of that. Speaking so. of a lot of problems, Chad, I read in your bio <laughs> here that it says at some point with your music. Mm-hmm. You got sued by a church? Yeah, not just a church. The uh, General Council for the United States Assembly of God. <laughs> what? Really? What yeah. were you doing? That's my former denomination. I must <laughs> What, Christine? I went to an AG college. I need to know. <laughs> I know all uh, the rules. <laughs> I, I, wish it was, uh, I wish it was as sordid as it comes across. Mm. Um, <laughs> Did you play something in Springfield, Missouri that you shouldn't have been? No. Nah, <laughs> I, w- I was in a band based out of Oklahoma City called Assembly of God. Oh. And uh, and to me, I you know, I am, you don't know me personally, I've always been very, we'll just say, not nice towards religion, especially living in Oklahoma. I, after I was in a band called Brother Inferior, and that's when I put out a bunch of records and toured a lot. And when I got done with that, I formed a band out of Oklahoma City called Assembly of God, which I thought the irony was funny. And also, but by the name, I was thinking of the, the idea that man created God, man assembled God. So Assembly of God was about the creation of a deity. And, uh, and I thought it was funny, and I thought it was a good name. I didn't think anything of it. And then we, we, we put out a demo tape, and then we put out a record, and we practiced at VZDs in Oklahoma City. I'm sorry, we practiced at Music Dimensions, which was next door to our where our bass player works, which was a restaurant called VZDs. And the only reason I mention this 
is because the general counsel for the Assemblies of God Church is based out of Oklahoma City. This I know. Mm-hmm. And they apparently were having lunch at VZDs and walked over next door to the record shop where we rehearsed. And it's just luck of the draw they saw our record. Oh, wow. And so trademark infringement. Oh, yeah. And Definitely. I got a... I, 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 a cease and desist <laughs> letter. I played a hide-and-seek from their lawyer for a while, uh, trying to serve me a summons. Finally, she caught me. And <laughs> No! And, and, just uh, goes to show you, you can't... Gotta, dude, you got to say, he's in Mexico right now. I don't no, know where he is. I know, it, I know. It, it just goes to show you can't run from God. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and, well, uh, yeah, or at least God's long arm of the law. And apparently... Um, <laughs> And what's funny is uh, I talked to the lawyer. We we wouldn't contest it. We refused to show up because, I mean, we, we don't have a leg to stand on. We certainly don't have church money, you know, especially non-taxed church money. So we knew us, the three of us in the band, and uh, Felix, the uh, record label, the guy that ran the record label, we all just denied. We, we refused to show. And so basically we're served with a cease and desist order on the record, um, which it wasn't selling much anyway. Who you know? Who cares? Right. <laughs> but it it turned out we were breaking up anyway. Not long after all that, we did play one or two more shows under the name under a pseudonym. But yeah, it, and I still have my summons and the record, and I plan on I I was meant to frame them. I've got them put aside right now. Um, but yes, I am the proud owner of a legitimately banned record. Um, and, and wow. I still have a box. I still have a box of them. If anybody wants it, it's not Censorship a bad hardcore Censorship is record. alive and well. There we go. <laughs> are, they, are they valuable? Is there any value on those? Nah. Uh, <laughs> about for the actual vinyl that it's printed on. That's about all. That's oh, <laughs> got it. <laughs> okay. Well, I thought it'd be like a nostalgic kind of thing that like you can't yeah, get. It. For, for anybody in the hardcore scene, sure. But oh, you know, I had a teacher when I was a principal that used old vinyl records to right. create a piece, like an art work. We had this thing where everybody had a tree. It was like part of like what our mantra was in right. their classroom and they made it out of whatever materials, but you could always make a piece of art, but for <laughs> you, it also holds memories. And yeah, uh, I, I, I keep, well, I keep a couple copies for myself and, uh, and I've anybody that's legitimately interested that I run into that. I just give copies away. I don't care. It, it, it all kidding aside. I, I give most of my stuff away. I, I, I'm the worst salesman ever. Oh, man. Of my own stuff. Oh, I, I, hate it. I hate it. And luckily, Dalton, uh, who who recently joined the Shame, he's also in Larkin. Actually, two guys in the Shame are also in Larkin. The Shame is my soccer hooligan punk band. We uh, we have several records out, and Lark- uh, Dalton handles all the business aspect. I just write the songs and book the shows because I suck at trying to sell things. Well, we're going to yeah. help you not necessarily sell things, but promote yourself at least so that our <laughs> listeners can check out your music because it okay. sounds like you have a wide range of different options. Where can our listeners find you, your bands, and your music? Okay. Well, um, like most people, we have uh, Facebook pages. Uh, there's facebook.com slash Larkin Tulsa. One word and uh, oi, as in O-I, the shame. Oi is what's considered a, uh, it's a in- greeting in England, 
but it's also a style of music that would be called street punk as well. Ooh. So yeah, Oi the Shame is, uh, and we've got some stuff up on uh, YouTube. The Shame has a new video for We Stand Apart and This Is My Beer. This Is My Beer is a great I one. I love that song, by the way, dude. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Um, yeah, we shot it just across the street down this other local pub. Uh, they we, we got in at 9 a.m. to shoot that video. Because we wanted to get in there before they opened. And yeah. luckily, right, of course. L- luckily, the team I support, Arsenal Football Club, was on. And so we're just getting, you know, whiskey drunk at 9 a.m. on a Saturday, <laughs> shooting ourselves, singing our song, which was utterly hilarious and a lot of fun. And uh, I, we also have a, let's see, Instagram account, which is Instagram, the shame of T Town underscore between all the letters. And uh, and there's like I said, a YouTube channel is YouTube slash the shame. We also have the shame shop, which is an underscore between the shame and shop, which is our purchase our stuff online, which you could get Larkin stuff from that too, but it's not listed on there. Um, we're still we need to get a Larkin site. Best thing to do is go into the Facebook page or catch me on Instagram, and uh, and I can get in in touch with uh selling stuff if nothing else uh email address is not hard to find i'm at chad malone <laughs> chad malone 1886 at gmail.com i'm more than happy to have anybody email me there well so. that's fantastic and so chad we want to thank you so much for being on the show today listeners check out chad and the music of him and his amazing crew and reach out to him to stay up to date on his most recent music and upcoming book projects. And so we just want to thank you, Chad, for being on the show and wish you all the best of luck. Thank you so much, Chris and Christine. I've had a wonderful time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Chad. All right. Cheers. The Pod Breed Network is strictly for the small podcasts that are up and coming in the vast world of podcasting. Podbreed is made up of many diverse podcasts coming together to achieve the same goal of being the best damn podcast network on the planet. Find out more at podbreed.com. Hey, that was pretty cool to have uh, Chad Malone actually on the show with us. Yeah, it definitely was. He's very interesting background. I didn't know all of the things that he was sharing about as it related to like the different types of metal bands. Uh, I think still think that maybe i could be in a glam metal band what do you think uh, yeah you can play the drums can't you yeah i actually can play and i the can drums. sing a little bit can you i don't know well it all it takes is like screeching right pretty much and you're you're good to go yeah and that's kind of the hard thing for me to listen to is because i love music but when things get really loud or there's a lot of like friction yeah, or aggression yeah. i can't quite like it makes me angsty like anxious but it was very interesting how you know, some people can listen to it and the noise of it actually helps to calm down like their inner chaos, I guess. You know, I've heard of stories where people actually have fallen asleep to listening to heavy metal music. Yeah, me too. And um, I mean, I, I, I mean, if you're tired enough, I guess you can fall asleep to anything really, but it just depends how loud it is and, and all that. So, but I also think like people that live in a big and noisy city, they're used to a lot of noise around them and they might sometimes need things to drown out that outside noise. And so I guess it's just substituting one type of noise for another. Or on the flip side, if you were used to a lot of noise, like maybe you had like a big noisy family and you like moved into an apartment by yourself, but you're 
you know, because you're in like college or whatever, and you're used to them being around, having some kind of ambient noise around you to kind of fill the space might be helpful, I guess. You know, it's funny to say that. I was thinking about when I first moved into this house by myself, the first night I lived here, it was like, there's always these weird noises. Like I was hearing weird, yeah. weird sounds and stuff because it's the first night being in this house. So it was kind of, and I was all by myself too. So not that I was scared. I wasn't really scared, but I kind of was a little bit, you know, because you're <laughs> a new house, new neighborhood. If you were scared would you admit it admit it to everybody actually no probably i not. know probably not <laughs> so aka he was scared yeah thank you so i i was here and i was and i was like hearing different sounds and things like that so i so i i get it and 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 that's probably why I like to crank the music up when I'm by myself in the house here. I like to crank up sounds and music and have surround sound going and have my music loud and my movies loud. Yeah, you like everything loud. It's so foreign to me. I, I think it's because I like to feel the music. I like I like to drown out everything else and have the ultimate experience. When so comes- you like to be immersed. Yeah, and that's yeah, probably. And I do have a also on that note, I have a vinyl collection. Um but that can you really get into it in vinyl? Like, I think that more current music is easier to like feel the baseline and stuff in but than you like can a vinyl. Get, you can get almost anything you want on vinyl. I know, but does it have the same like quality of delivery of music? That's one thing I've always wondered. It depends on your system. I mean, some, okay. some actual turntable systems can cost mucho dinero. We're talking like thousands of dollars for a good system. Mine is not that. Mine is just a basic what I have audio technica turntable plugged into my surround sound receiver, which is sitting by my TV, which is everything's connected into that. So everything right. is played. I have, uh, what I have for speakers. I have, uh, Klitsch, bitch, I think they're called speakers. <laughs> what? <laughs> Klitsch. I can't even say it. Say it. Klitsch, 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 bitch. Speaker system. I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's a, I thought you said a bad word there. I know. It's a speakers. It's kind of speakers I have for my surround sound. I, I don't know what they're. I can't say the name, but it's okay. A, first but, of the K. But my question was just about like sound quality and what the best form of like the best medium is to listen to you know, music. So you get the best quality. Is it like CDs, which I know are outdated? Is it vinyl? Is it just listening to something streaming from Apple Music? Because I've always wondered around like what optimizes the quality so that you get the best experience from the music. It's all subjective. The thing about vinyl, people love vinyl so much is because it's very pure and raw. It's analog. It's a very raw uh, form versus the digital. So there's- what does that mean? Analog? Because <sighs> it's like the music is like, it's almost like it's etched into the little rings, right? Yes, exactly. You actually, if you if you take the record and you put the needle on the record and you physically turn the record with your finger, like spin it around the little tur- turntable, and you get your ear close to the needle, you will hear the music. That's so cool. Right off the needle. But it doesn't give as much depth to the sound, well, does it? Because no, you said it's raw. Does it give like that strong well, bass line? It has to be amplified. It all has to be records have to go through an amplifier oh. before they come out to to the speakers and a lot of stuff so it's, it's kind of complicated it's how that makes back sense because like way back in the olden days when they would have the turntables and they had that like horn shaped looking thing that comes out from it that would project the sound this right. was like predating speakers i always wondered why like why do you have to have that big old thing but that makes sense now if it has to like it can turn and it's kind of generating the friction to produce the sound but there has to be a way to actually broadcast the sound correct a mundo ah. 
Ah, see, so you vinyl, have much knowledge, Yoda. I know. Yeah, yeah, vinyl is coming back. People, there's a big vinyl like uh, resurgence right now in uh, vinyl collections. You can buy almost everything. And one thing was kind of cool. When I bought a few records on Amazon, check this out, everybody. When you buy a record on Amazon, they offer a digital version of that album that you can access on your Amazon Music account. So if you were to free. listen to those side by side, that's this is like my question. If you were to listen to the record and the digital, what would sound better? It's just it's all subjective. The the record I, I need things that are objective, not subjective. I'm sorry, babe. But with vinyl, there is a hiss, and there's cracks and pops. It's almost as if when you listen to a vinyl record, you're not listening to the same you may have the same song, but each time you hear it, it may sound a little different. Oh, which is kind of weird to explain. I like that though. I like when you hear like the kind of the scratching on the the records. It just brings me back to my childhood and not that I'm super old, but we had a record player at home and I loved it when my sisters would put on their Cyndi Lauper or Madonna onto the turntable and we would listen and dance to it. And that's what I was raised in. And so I think there's some nostalgia to it. But part of me wonders like if the music of today, like the rap and hip hop type of music, if it would translate to coming across well in a vinyl, because I typically don't see those types. No, I you see, do. Like, they have I, I typically is what I'm saying. Don't see those types. I typically see like um, more folky kind of music, country music. Um, like we have the soundtrack to A Star Is Born, and that sounds really good on vinyl. But I just wonder if like. Nicki Minaj and Cardi B would actually come across well on a turntable. Well, they have those, and um, I haven't played in vinyl. We should do that pretty soon. I haven't ran the vi- the turntable in a while. Oh, well, this sounds like it's going to be a great part of our weekend routine this weekend is to pull out some of the vinyl and to just reconnect with music. And that's what we would encourage you all to, is to reconnect with whatever your favorite type of music is and to just immerse yourself in it and think of some of the great words of Chad Malone, about what music can do in your life. Absolutely. And if you want to know more about The Chris and Christine Show, you can always go to our website. That is www.chrisandchristineshow.com. And that is Chris and Christine with K's. And we will be back with you guys next week. Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret. So love the people who treat you right, forget about the ones who don't, and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward.